Hello there, you're listening to the Boring Bill Podcast. My name is Boring Bill. Uh, I have to offer my uh, sincerest apologies for being off the metaphorical podcasting airwaves. Of course, it's metaphorical because, in fact, they are digital. Uh, for being away for, for such a long period of time as to do a multitude of reasons um, that uh, would be uh, unnecessary to go into in any... Uh, Greater depth beyond a general, uh, profuse apology at this stage. Um, so, I'd first like to say thank you to all those, um, people who have emailed, um, after the very short, uh, last show that we did, um, to say that they listen to the podcast and, and how they listen to it, what they'd like to see and so on. And we have been, uh, <clears throat> quite literally overwhelmed with, um, no less than a few emails. So four or five emails or so. Uh, people that do listen to the podcast and, uh, recently just, uh, replied to all of those emails and I haven't done so, uh, quicker. I'm sorry for that, but, uh, reply to those emails. <clears throat> and, um, and, uh, said that I'm going to record some more shows, which is exactly what I'm, uh, doing now. Interesting that, uh, many people say that, uh, part of the, uh, the way that this podcast has any form of success in its uh, aims is uh, the fact that my voice is supposed to be quite um, know, therapeutic in some sort of a way. Uh, and uh, quite unsurprisingly, I suppose, in checking where our hits for the uh, podcast come from, <clears throat> it tends to be mostly from the United States, from America. And I think all of the emails pretty much um, maybe apart from a few, um, well, from people that, uh, live in the United States of America, and obviously for American listeners, hearing someone with a English accent speaking English is uh, somewhat of a novelty, uh, rather than people being used to American English, in fact, in the way that society is nowadays, it's more speaking American as opposed to speaking English, and I know, uh, living in, uh, England, uh, words that uh, originated in America, which uh, perhaps weren't original English, English, such as um, uh, cookies, for example, what we would call cookies, biscuits, and although technically in English, English, cookies is a specific type of biscuit, whereas in America it tends to be a more blanket term for uh, a large variety of uh, biscuits. Um, although there are some American words which, uh, haven't made its way into the English English. Things like, uh, drapes and faucet or curtains and taps, as uh, we would call them, and, and that sort of thing. I've always been quite interested with the, uh, song, as you say, tomato, I say, tomato, or, or whatever. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, because I've never really heard an American call it a tomato. It's mostly called t- tomato. I don't know. Um, email. Uh, if you say tomato at boringbillpodcast at gmail.com, I'll just remind everyone the feed address is feeds.feedburner.com forward slash boringbill. The blog and design extension website and comments board page is boringbill.blogspot.com. And of course, the email address, as I'm sure you all know by now, is boringbillpodcast at gmail.com or indeed if you wish to point the podcast at googlemail.com it's all exactly the same so feel free to email and email your suggestions for uh, shows and things um, the topic 
as you will know by the uh, title of the uh, file that you've just downloaded today, is going to be breakfast, the meal that we have um, at the start of the day. I'll just talk about some sort of variety of breakfasts you can have and so on. So, uh, just uh, get ready to do that. I'm sure that uh, people that have listened to the podcast before will be aware of the show that we did uh, about a cup of tea, which, uh, frankly, um, I don't think I've ever had a breakfast in my adult life that has not uh, involved a cup of tea before, at least uh, some some point. Um, and I suppose in Britain, in England, <coughs> now... Um, it's, it's slightly more common to have um, a glass of orange juice or a glass of or a cup of coffee, but by the overwhelming uh, common thing that uh, that is had in uh, the UK is a cup of tea. Even now, even as we become more Westernized or more Americanized to a certain degree, a cup of tea is still by far and away the most common uh, drink to have on the breakfast all throughout the day for all areas of the UK from, from Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales and England even in the more uh, <coughs> areas of more sort of modern or posh areas of London still a cup of tea is something so very common to have it's something that people of British have and I could go into what a perfect cup of tea is but uh, uh, I think I've done that in a previous show so that's obviously the addition and it goes without saying that would be a uh, important portion to whatever breakfast you should choose to have. And there are a wide variety of breakfasts. I mean, yeah, there was some research done before that um, Britain's people in England, most of all internationally as well, um, tend to have just sort of cereal bars or quick on-the-go type breakfast things and actually sit down and have a proper breakfast. Uh, that's, that's quite different to uh, possibly America, where breakfast is more of a common, you know, it's quite a large meal to get you going through the day, normally. Um, and they also have quite different variants over there, things like waffles and things, and you really would hardly ever see that in the UK. I mean, from a side, a lot of people just have cereals and things, you know, the very common American things, well, cereals, and put some milk in there, and they've got a bowl or something to eat, and that's not, really, that's not something that I quite particularly like myself. And uh, it's more common if you've got sort of children in your family, as opposed to have cereals or whatever, you want something fairly quick. Um... My personal, or I might go through phases of which breakfast I like to have, but at the moment, um, my favourite thing to have is uh, crumpets. This was sort of a, a cliche to have tea and crumpets of a, of a British thing, but it's actually something that's quite enjoyable. Um, you can have it with a variety of things, but the trick is just you can have it with butter and all sorts of toppings. I have sort of a marmite, which is a yeast extra thing. Uh, kind of topping to put on there and it melts through the holes in the crumpets and it goes very well with the cup of tea. And I think that sort of gets a sweetness to it with the butter mixing with the, with the topping. So that's what I'm kind of like at the moment. I mean, if you, if you want to go all out, there's, um, what is known as the full English breakfast, uh, throughout the world. Um, Although we don't tend to really have it much, it tends you tend to get it in uh, hotels and things in England, a full English breakfast or, or abroad actually that have got English customers. Um, it's a very large, but it's one of the largest that we'd have. And, and it, if you're not having it for a breakfast, if you're having it for tea, I mean, they, we can't refer to it as a fry up because everything is fried pretty much. Um, 
so it's not as common to have for breakfast but if you do have for breakfast I mean that is, that is occasionally known I mean what you'd normally have I mean in a traditional type of a full English breakfast you have some toast or some fried bread or toast and fried bread or even just some bread and butter uh, some sausages obviously I mean if you were which is which is common you've got um tomatoes but they're normally cooked they're cooked tomatoes sometimes if you have them tinned but you can have you can fry them or you can grill them just cooked fried is so well, grilled is probably my favorite way of having tomatoes then you can also have some fried mushrooms as well mushrooms are quite common to have on the plate um quite commonly with a english full english breakfast you have baked beans as well but that's not a part of the traditional uh, elements of it and of course obviously you'd have brown sauce and ketchup and things with it but that's not the traditional willingly breakfast um of course you'd have bacon um often you'll have a fried egg there but sometimes people have scrambled eggs hash browns obviously and uh traditionally you'd have black pudding as well but um black pudding is is made from blood so it's not very common now and you don't normally you don't normally have a black pudding with it anymore. You'd normally have salt baked beans instead. Now, it's very important with an English breakfast. Um, a full English breakfast, I mean, the fry-up, or however you wish to refer. Um, especially in the UK, is, is sausages, for example, can be very, feel very processed and very artificial, not very nice if you don't get nice ones. But if you're prepared and um, <clears throat> live in an area where it's available, particularly in England, I'm not sure about um, in America or Canada or whatever, but uh, go to a farmer's market. So you, you're basically buying the produce directly from the farmers rather than the meat going to a supermarket and whatever, and they're producing it into whatever processed horror that you uh, that you can buy. Um, for example, you can get bacon from a farmer's market. It tends to be very salty, much more salty than uh, uh, than you would get in a supermarket. But as a result, it fries up and gets crispy very easily, and has a perfect and brilliant taste. And... Uh, the same as sausages, uh, rather than just having the uh, the uh, unwanted pieces of meat processed and shoved into a sausage. If you get a sausage from a proper farmer's market, it's just proper meat in there. And you can also get variants in it, like you can have pork and apple sausage or something. and Other really nice variations that you can have there, which are absolutely delicious. And if you source all of the ingredients to absolute perfection, then your English breakfast can be uh, absolutely amazing. But I cannot stress more, if you're ever having sausages or bacon or anything of that sort, especially if you're having a full English breakfast, it is simply a crime against cuisine if you don't have a cup of tea with it. Now, I, I, hope, I imagine that sounds like I'm being an eccentric British person when I say that. But uh, a cup of tea without sugar, of course, with milk, binds the ingredients in such a way in your mouth that the aftertaste will come back out. It brings it out in such an amazing and fascinating way. And for that reason, no other substitute will do at all. But, uh, as I say, it's not a, a hugely common thing to have on a regular basis, simply because of its high uh, calorie and fat content. And, you know, as much as it's important to have good breakfast in the day, it's not extraordinarily common to have something of that um, degree and extent very often. Uh, I just have a, myself, like I said earlier, just a couple of crumpets and a cup of tea will do me fine and, until lunch. You'll find, though, that... Um, there are lots of variations on the uh, 
full English breakfast. I mean, there are different uh, variations with uh, you know, the Scottish, Welsh, Irish. I mean, in Scotland, you can have um, haggis with it, or things like oat cakes, that sort of thing. In uh, Northern Ireland or in Ireland, you might you might get uh, different types of potatoes and things. And in Main Ireland, you think get things like white pudding and soda bread and things. And uh, the Welsh, um, you know, tend to have pastries as well, things like that with it, and seaweed puree and all sorts of things like that, depending on where you are in the region. I mean, it's uh, it really is dependent. You'll find as well, when you go to uh, holiday resorts in Europe, you know, the sort of tacky island places off the coast of Spain and Greece and Turkey and things, where they get a lot of British um, people at the holiday resort that a full English breakfast buffet thing, which is an appalling travesty to the name, but in a very greasy collection of stuff is uh, is laid on there, and that's uh, quite common. A lot of Brits on holiday will have that as a sort of holiday thing, despite it being very... A very British thing. I mean, also another heresy is what you call a continental breakfast, which is just sort of bread and a few uh, luncheon meats sort of thing. This is supposed to be a continental breakfast, some croissants or whatever. But, you know, for other countries, variations, obviously, the holiday resort type places never get it completely right, as in to immerse a culture through a meal. But, uh, but that's that. So, I mean, obviously... It's very important to have something that has a sort of slow release of energy throughout the day. And people find that they also have to sort of enjoy breakfast because uh, it releases that sort of uh, motivation and happiness throughout the day. You'll have an aftertaste in your mouth that you enjoy. Obviously, if you brush your teeth after breakfast or before breakfast, you'll lose that or whatever. Dependent on the situation. But uh, it's quite important for the rest of the day. And, uh, and it's each to their own, really. I mean, each culture tends to have different things. Some have caught on in other countries, some uh, particularly don't, but uh, that's that's the way that it is in as many uh, cultural aspects of, uh, of life, including uh, cuisine, which is uh, indeed quite a, a tribute to uh, each of our each of our nations and each of our cultures, the Spanish, the borders of nations and so on. But I suppose with um, Britain, there's not very many things that you consider English as in English food. You made it. I mean, it has a reputation of being quite bland, and some of the traditional English dishes tend to be quite bland compared to other cultures. But uh, in the days of the British Empire, in areas such as India, where we brought over much spicy food, obviously not traditionally uh, originated in Britain, but in, in not Victorian times onwards, where these spices and things were brought over, English food, rather than the traditional cultural English food, what we actually ate tend to be much more spicy and much more lively, even though it didn't originate in that country, it originated through the British Empire. But our traditional foods, things like shepherd's pie, which is a very bland dish, and quite nice, but uh, it's quite bland. Uh, uh, fish and chips as well, although that's not especially English, or that's attributed to being English, it's just battered fish and chips, and chips obviously originated in France, so it's not that... Uh, original. And things like the full English breakfast, it is quite bland. I suppose that's quite a tribute to uh, to the British nation. And we're not famous for food. Um, television programs uh, in America uh, tend to make fun of the British food, but it's not it's not bad at all. And, and, and truth be known, many Brits don't have to prepare traditional British food. Often you, know, you get a lot of uh, Italian food, pastas and lasagnas, that sort of thing. Well, lasagna just contain pasta, obviously. And of course, there are 
American variants that we have over here that we tend to prepare a lot. I mean, barbecues, very popular this time of year. And, you know, people want a lot of burgers and sausages and God knows what else and grilled uh, in their gardens, hoping for for there not to be any rain, which uh, knowingly, even in the blazing heat of summer, still manages to bring a lot of rain into the, the, uh, the want of uh, living in Britain. But I think actually weather is a good subject for, for a separate uh, show. That I might do for the next show. That's quite a good idea. Racking my brain about what to do for the next show. There it comes up in conversation weather. That's going to be the next show. Um, we've been recording now for coming up to 17 minutes on what is our 20th show. So I think, um, although not one of our longest shows, I think I'm going to call it a day now. I promise you that I'm going to put out several shows on a semi-regular basis for for a good couple of weeks, I think, because we've had quite a large break and subscribers start to go down. I'm hoping that it'll pick up if we start to put out more shows and we'll see what happens. Please do email Boybill Podcast, Podcast at gmail.com with uh, suggestions for shows or just comments or whatever. It's uh, very, very good for for me to receive emails, to know that people are listening and that it's actually benefiting people in some way. Otherwise, there's not because obviously we don't get any money for doing this um, podcast. It's, it's completely free from our point of view for everyone who's receiving a point of view in the free media that is the podcasting world. If the podcast is doing its, uh, its job correctly, then hopefully you are either asleep or, or preparing to go to sleep or about to hoik the headphones out of your ears or turn off whatever stereo device you're using to play this and go to sleep. Or indeed some people have got it on repeat to help them drift into the stage where they're not struggling to get to sleep and they actually are prepared to go to sleep. So into our 18th minute of this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Boring Bill podcast and see you again soon.